0: Hello and welcome. You're streaming another stellar episode of Mac Watson Talks, voted Best Podcast for the Valley for 2022 by the readers of Phoenix Magazine. Coming up on this episode, Donald Trump's in a lot of trouble, according to the state of New York. Also, would you buy a general store in a ghost town? And what happens when a man attacks an engineer on a train? All that and more is coming up, so let's get started. This is episode 216. Okay, let's start with an apology. How's that? That sounds like a great place to start, since we did
1: not have a podcast last week.
0: Yes, we did not have a podcast last week, and it
1: wasn't my fault. It wasn't really anybody's fault. No, it wasn't. We weren't goofing off. We just uh, had to take care of family. My dad, uh, Jiminy, had a heart attack, and we live in a small town, so he ended up being taken to Billings, Montana, and... I went up there to be with him for four days, and that makes it really hard to record a podcast when, I'm when not you're not here, around. Right? Yeah, right, because it's just you talking about stories, and apparently people really they like me. Apparently, yes. In fact, one of our listeners recently said was um, referring to us and said something about how it would be an honor to like meet. Um, the famous podcaster and her husband.
0: Oh, really? <laughs>
1: and I was like, "Yeah, you know which, you know where yeah, it's at, you yeah. know where it's
0: at." <laughs> How is your dad doing?
1: He is doing better. Um, just by the grace of God, we were actually at the emergency room because he was having some really excruciating shoulder pain, which was unrelated to the heart attack, in that it wasn't like, you know how they say, oh, you might have arm pain or something. Right, right. He was literally having pain in his shoulder from some compressed discs, and, and it was excruciating. And while we were there, they just they drew blood, just to be on the safe side, saw that his enzymes were elevated, drew some more blood, saw that the enzymes were even were going up, and were like, Oh my gosh, he's in the middle of a heart attack!
0: Wow. Okay. And
1: so we, but we were actually there for because this shoulder pain had gotten so bad. So we were in the right place because, you know, three years ago they told him you can't have another heart attack. That's he'll, right. You'll die next time. And yeah. they. Well, I guess it was more than three years ago. It was like five years ago. But he, they were right. And um, but he managed to squeak by this time because we happened to be in the ER right when it was happening. So, um, but he is doing better. Um, you know, he's there's you know his body's just breaking down if you want to hear the full story you can you can subscribe on patreon because that's what we talked about on our patreon that's right. bonus podcast this that's week right. so
0: so let's jump into the news uh big news this week new york's attorney general sued former president donald trump and his company and his children for fraud alleging they padded his net worth by billions of dollars by lying about the value of prized assets including golf courses Hotels and his homes at Trump Tower and Mar a Lago. Attorney General Letitia James dubbed it the Art of the Steel. Oh, isn't she clever? Because he wrote the Art of the Deal,
1: so you see, so by padding all of that information, they were able to get more investors, pay less taxes, right? What, what's the what's exactly. the fraud part?
0: Exactly, that they were overvaluing their 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 condos, their their real estate investments, so they could get bigger loans, they could get more more credit, they could do more things with it. Mm.
1: Well, I think we always knew that it wasn't going to be the federal courts probably that take him down. Right. That it was probably going to be a state court that did. Um, even though it, it, there is still the stuff kind of, we you know, slowly stuff winding lingering. its way through the federal court about the documents. But that doesn't stop the state court prosecutors from moving forward on their own charges and their own investigations.
0: James said this week during a press conference, the complaint demonstrates that Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. James's lawsuit filed in the state of New York. Is the culmination of a three-year civil investigation of Trump and the Trump Organization. Trump's three oldest children, Don Jr., Ivanka, and Eric Trump, were also named as defendants, along with two longtime company executives, Alan Weisselberg and Jeffrey McConney.
1: It doesn't bode well to um, be a part of the Trump Organization at the time. Not top right now, when when there is stuff going on that is
0: not above board. James wants Trump and the other defendants to pay at least $250 million, which she said was the approximate worth of the benefits they got through fraudulent practices. $250 million. And,
1: and you know, think about it. I mean, it, when you're talking about states in the East Coast, they pay much higher property taxes oh, yeah. and sales taxes. And you can't, you know, there the, that there is a lot more incentive, maybe, I guess, if you can call it that, to to pad your books when you want to get out of having to pay some of those things.
0: Yeah. She also went on to say that the investigation revealed that Trump engaged in years of illegal conduct to inflate his net worth to deceive banks and the people of the great state of New York, claiming you have money that you do not have does not amount to the art of the deal. It is the art of the steal.
1: Right. And then when you get those loans and you default on them because you couldn't actually pay them back. Right. And then you know the banks have to absorb those the defaults, even if you take it in bankruptcy or outside of bankruptcy or whatever, and when when they try to go after you and you've managed to to protect your assets by putting them under under corporations so you can't go after people personally, right. It makes it really i mean it's it's a big a shell game, you know?
0: yeah, that's true. Trump's lawyer says the the lawsuit is neither focused on the facts nor the law. Rather, it is solely focused on advancing the attorney general's political agenda.
1: Yeah, well, Trump hates the facts and the law.
0: Right, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so for him to say that's that it true. doesn't
1: focus on those things, which are things that he doesn't even actually value. So what does it matter?
0: It's, it's also interesting that James is seeking to remove the Trumps from businesses engaged in the alleged fraud. In other words, they can't control or can't be the head of any business and wants an independent monitor appointed for no less than five years to oversee the Trump organization's compliance, financial reporting, valuations and disclosures to lenders, insurers and tax authorities. So he is worth a lot less than what he says he is,
1: and he's managed to to take out loans. I mean, he could, he's really could cr- ruin the banking system in some ways. And when you're when you are. Um, leveraging assets that aren't worth worth as much as you say they are to to get money to get loans, it makes it you you change interest rates and and you really could it affects everyone it in does. the system. It's not just you or that particular bank.
0: It does. You're right. Uh, Let's switch to Arizona news, specifically Phoenix news. A man from Phoenix faces kidnapping and first-degree murder charges after allegedly kidnapping a man from Phoenix over a money dispute, strangling him to death off Interstate 10, and trying to dismember his body in Tucson. Yikes. According to court documents, the victim's girlfriend dropped him off at his apartment near 39th Avenue in Camelback, Uh, Later that night, she got a text from him saying he he had been kidnapped because, quote, Rod had gotten him into something, unquote. Police later identified Rod by another name, Jerron, who was the victim's childhood friend and current roommate. In the text message, he told his girlfriend that he was scared and shared his location, which showed he was traveling along the I-10 in Chandler. A few minutes later, the victim's girlfriend got a call from Adrian, another roommate. According to documents, Adrian told her that money was owed to a guy named tony later identified as the kidnapping suspect whose real name is john anthony cole so if you can keep all that straight. So it wasn't Rod. It was John Anthony
1: Cole. That's right. Tony. Okay. After
0: being taken into custody, Cole reportedly told officers that the victim attacked him while they were stopped in a rural area off the I-10 for a bathroom break. Documents say he told investigators he strangled the victim to death <laughs> in self-defense. He attacked
1: him after he kidnapped him? Oh, I'm so sorry that he attacked you after you kidnapped him.
0: <laughs> so, he, so he strangled him in self-defense is what he's saying.
1: Right. I mean, he was trying to get away from you because you kidnapped him. I mean, well, like, that's not self defense, right? When you kidnap somebody, there's no self defense to somebody who who visits, you know, some kind of assault on you because you have kidnapped them. Oh, that dude, he's not. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's he's got. He's just signed himself up for,
0: you know, probably a life in free prison, free room
1: and board, courtesy of the state of Arizona for the rest of his life.
0: He then reportedly took the body to his home in Tucson after that. See, weekend. and that part
1: is like also weird. If it was self defense, just call the cops.
0: Yeah. <laughs> After that weekend, Cole bought several cleaning supplies to dismember the body. Ultimately, he showed officers where he dumped the rest of the body in a rural area south of Tucson. Yikes.
1: Right. So what you do after the fact of a crime sometimes negates the de- the defense that you want to
0: raise. That's true.
1: You can't say self-defense and then bury him in your yard. <laughs>
0: right. You know, right. Like,
1: if it's self-defense, yeah. it's self-defense. Call the cops and tell them you were defending yourself.
0: Right. Don't try to hide the body. Don't try to dismember the body. Don't right. try to get rid of the body. Keep right. the body.
1: Right. Call- and certainly do not leave a text message trail about owing people money and i'm you know (laughs) right
0: Cole faces theft by extortion kidnapping abandonment concealment of a body and first degree murder and
1: you know what dead guys can't pay money back so it really doesn't make sense that's true too maybe he thought it was the best way
0: who knows what happened who knows what happened we just know that one guy's dead and tried to dismember the body that's just disgusting crazy yeah it is uh, also in the news this week, a record number of migrants are reaching the border states and Yuma.
1: We don't hear that about that much anymore, but it's still going on.
0: Yeah. Yuma is one of those towns dealing with the influx. Just last week alone, more than 6,200 migrants were arrested and the people arriving at the border came from 44 different countries. It's not just people from Mexico. It's not people just from there Central America. 44
1: countries south of our border. No, there's not. On this, uh, you know, connected by land. (laughs) Right. That means there's people that are showing up from, you know, Africa and the middle. China and India. And they're like, this is the best, easiest way into the U.S. is to come up through Mexico.
0: Right. According to reports, 150 were children making the dangerous journey without parents. Fifteen of those arrested at the border this time around had passed felony convictions uh, Yuma Mayor Douglas Nichols, who you and I have actually met. We actually know Doug Nichols. We do.
1: He's a really nice guy. And yeah, he is. I was surprised he was still the mayor. He must be a great mayor. They keep reelecting him. That's
0: right. Right now we're seeing about eight to 900 people a day crossing. Part of the impact we have is the hospital. We have one hospital in this area, and it services all the medical needs for the migrants, but it's not being reimbursed by the federal government. That amounts in the last six months. Do you want to take a guess? In the last six Half months. a Half a million? Twenty million dollars. Whoa! Those costs are then passed on to other customers of the hospital.
1: Well, and you know, in border towns, and this happens in a lot of border towns. That is completely separate from the the sort of people seeking asylum. Is that every day there are people that cross the border from Mexico and have jobs somewhere in the United States, right? And kids that go to school somewhere in the United States. And then at the end of the day, they go back to Mexico. That's And it's not just in Yuma. I mean, it happens
0: in Nogales. In Nogales.
1: It happens in lots of places along in New Mexico. And, and then, so that's complicated because when you're on this side of the border and then you need medical care, what happens then? Right. You know, you're obviously not going to go back home tonight and seek it there if you could seek it here in the U.S. And you're here legally well, attending school, working, whatever.
0: It's more expensive here though in the united states though isn't it
1: well it just depends on what it is i mean if you have something that's really an emergency they have to treat you in the emergency room regardless of if you have insurance or your ability to pay and those that's the kind of stuff that they get stuck with
0: right it's just a shame though that that, that what we're concentrating on right now is the fact that the governor of texas and the governor of florida are busing or flying migrants up to you know the northeast and and dumping them in sanctuary cities and they're having a fit over, you know, how dare you do this? How dare you treat people as pawns? That kind of thing. No, it's this is what this is what's going on at well, the border. This is what's every, going on at border towns. You
1: know, everybody. And I'm not saying that it's right, but it 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 really puts a light on it for states that are not border states. That you know what? This is what happens when migrants show up in your state. It's a lot of. It puts a strain on your system.
0: It it does. It, it twenty million dollars in the last six months owed to hospitals.
1: And that does. And that's just hospitals. That does not include what include what happens with law enforcement, with Department of Child Services, with you know with all kinds of other things where they are involving government services and costing money.
0: Yeah. in a historic surge, Nichols the mayor says more than three hundred thousand people have crossed the Yuma border this fiscal year and it's not over yet. He says that's almost double from what we experienced the previous years.
1: And I doubt he's counting the people that cross every day.
0: right. Right, he's, that can, have a legal reason to about be. About people
1: that came seeking asylum. Yes.
0: Right. These are numbers that we have never seen before. There's about a five mile gap along the Colorado River. That's where the majority of people come through. Other come through gaps, some of which were blocked by shipping containers. Remember, we talked about right. Governor Doug Ducey using shipping containers instead of building the wall or having the federal government waiting for the federal government to finish the wall. With an open border policy, the migrants are allowed to stay on American soil once they touch it, a policy that hasn't always been in place. So the burden, especially financial, falls on Yuma. And the mayor says the sheer amount of people who draw on resources affects the perception of the city. That impacts tourism and job growth. Oh, I for I can sure. understand that. Oh, for
1: sure. I mean, if I was thinking about, well, you know, I could move anywhere and I could move my business anywhere. Would I choose Yuma? No, because I, I my own personal perception of Yuma is not as good a quality of life there.
0: Right. Right. And that's because it's a border I, town. I
1: might even choose Tucson over Yuma. And you know how much I don't like Tucson. That's true.
0: <laughs> That is true. But Yuma does have this reputation because of it being a border town that they don't have as good amenities and as good uh, service and as good stuff well, uh, there's, because there's, they're, ha- they're a poor city.
1: That there's higher crime. Yeah. And, yeah, I just think it ha- that's the perception that it gives all of those things because it puts such a burden on their system.
0: That's right. That's right. Also in uh, Phoenix News, there is a, uh, in Surprise, authorities in Arizona have made 21 arrests in connection to an undercover operation targeting child sex crimes and human trafficking. Surprise police say the suspects were arrested during Operation Back to School, and that's spelled S-K-O-O-L.
1: I wonder if they yelled Surprise when they arrested him, because that's I I, wonder too. when I used to live in Surprise. I loved when I saw the... <laughs> police cars right. and there's the surprise police and I'm like are they like the fashion police but they go around you know like, and just surprise right, yeah right. so but you know what I think it, it just doesn't pay to solicit um any kind of services whether you think you're getting a prostitute or an escort or you're looking for an underage person I mean it doesn't pay it like the, people are cracking down on it and the way the only way we're going to get rid of it is we have to curb demand
0: Right, but you how do you do that? You can't just cut
1: off supply. You can't just prosecute the pimps and try to take girls off the street. You have to address the Johns. You have to make it not worth soliciting, because if there's no demand, then there's no. Then where does the supply go?
0: Right, it goes away. Right. Surprise police said they partnered with authorities in Glendale, Goodyear, Peoria, and Scottsdale, as well as Homeland Security, U.S. Marshals, and the Maricopa County's Attorney's Office during the operation. That's a lot of other people from uh, other places.
1: Well, you know, I mean, when you are talking about people being solicited online, they're coming, they're looking at those, you know, your address, your website address, or your, you know, your, that's unique to you and finding out that you're in Scottsdale right. and you're in Glendale, but, you right. know, you're soliciting um, somebody who is probably maybe located out of surprise for whatever reason, Yes, yeah. the pimp is there, because whatever. So, right. Yeah. But
0: it's just a shame that you have 21. I mean, again... How many how many times have we read about these operations and, that's 21, and they'll get like 21 people.
1: That's 21 arrested or 21 rescued? What
0: did you 21 say? 21 arrested. The
1: 21 arrested. And that's just a small drop in the bucket. Right. I mean, I think when ASU did a study on it, it was like there were there were like you know, 200 people in like a day that were soliciting underage sex online. And that's not even people they caught. That was just being able to monitor traffic they were working with the police department monitoring internet traffic of what people were their search engines were looking for and what they were doing that's a lot of people out that there that is it is Every day, not just today. Not right. just, oh, that was an accident. Like, that day was really high. They found on average that was happening. And that's that's a, a lot.
0: Was that in the Phoenix area, just was, in the Phoenix area, or across the country, They were or doing what? it in Maricopa County. They were monitoring in Maricopa oh. County, yeah. And it was over 200.
1: Like, something like that. It was crazy.
0: 200 solicitations. That's amazing. A day. A day, yeah. That's amazing.
1: And that, I mean... And particularly when you think about, so many of them are looking for underage or the "quote unquote" barely legal. Yeah, that's we're talking about a crime against children, right? Do not have the ability to consent to, um, to being prostitutes, right? They're really victims of sex trafficking. They're not prostitutes.
0: Yeah, it's just a shame. It really is, and it it continues to go on. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just some of the news this week. Thanks, Cricket. Thank you, Mac. Mac Watson Talks, award-winning
1: Best of the Valley 2022. Are you getting our bonus episodes, or are you just getting the episodes that you're listening to right now on your favorite podcast platforms? If you're not getting bonus material every week, you need to go to patreon.com slash talks to get all the greatest, latest on what's happening with the Watsons, our crazy childhood stories. You want to know what you're missing? Well, here's just a snippet. So they kind of freaked out. Okay. So they drew blood again.
0: And it
1: was even higher. No. So they were like immediately like, oh, my God, he's having a heart attack. Like, right. Clearly, like all those. So, you know, after talking to his cardiologist and everything, he ended up in Billings, Montana, which is where his cardiologist is actually located. And we were there for a couple of days while they, you know, took care of him post heart attack. Want to hear the rest? Go to patreon.com/macwatson talks. That's p a t r e o n.com. And for as little as $5 a month, you get a bonus episode every week. Plus, you can catch up on 70 bonus episodes over the last 2 years. So what are you waiting for? Go to patreon.com today.
0: Time for the smackdown, and this time I'm smacking down a man out of Minnesota. He's facing felony charges for allegedly attacking a train engineer with a knife, causing the victim to flee by jumping from a moving locomotive. Samuel David Homan is charged with second-degree assault, assault with a deadly weapon, and criminal damage to property in the September 20th attack, according to a criminal complaint filed by the Benton County Attorney's Office. Police said the train engineer was operating a BNSF engine pulling a rock train out of St. Cloud, Minnesota, when the engineer told investigators a man with a buzz style haircut and a dark hooded sweatshirt later identified as Homan, jumped on board and wrapped his arms around his neck. Hoffman then told the engineers to speed up and get out of town, the complaint alleges. The engineer said Horman then reached into his bag and pulled out a knife, a big plastic folding knife with a 2.5-inch dull and rusty blade, and started attacking him. Well, a struggle ensued, and Horman stabbed the engineer in the forehead, causing blood to run down his face. The engineer then bit Horman's hand, pushing him away, and jumped off the train. The train eventually came to a stop behind a church. Officers saw a man matching the suspect's description, arrested him and identified him as Harmon. Charges said officers noted that he had dried blood on his pants and a jagged, bloody wound on one of his hands. Homan allegedly made the comments about smashing the inside of the train. Investigators determined several wires inside the train cab had been cut, causing several thousand dollars worth of damage. The cab area shows signs of a struggle, with items strewn about and bloodstains throughout. Homan has a lengthy criminal history with multiple convictions relating to drug possession, as well as others for disorderly conduct, fighting, driving under the influence of alcohol, and violating the terms of a restraining order. Why he attacked the train, though, nobody knows the motive for that. Just a stupid, stupid move. And that is the Smackdown. Time for the last word. Well, if you've ever wanted to own a general store in Arizona, you can. Ever had the odd specific dream of buying a general store in a ghost town? You're in luck. A Wild West general store in southeastern Arizona is in need of a new caretaker. The shop in Pierce has been converted into a one-bedroom, three-bath home. The town south of Wilcox has a population of less than 2,000 people. The asking price? Just over a million dollars. Really? You want me to set up shop in a ghost town for over a million dollars to get a general store in an Arizona ghost town that's up for sale? No thank you. Until next time... Thank you for listening to Mac Watson Talks. This episode is copyrighted and may not be reproduced in whole or part without express written permission. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon, and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, share us with your friends. We love new listeners.